Welcome to the FCC Podcast. Hear all the stories, worship, and teaching from Sunday service. Want to connect with us or learn more about FCC? Visit us at FCCETown.com. I was
champion a hand of praise. that up and sing it again. I want to really hear you guys singing it out. in this series that's called That Follow Thing, and you can tell by the, the title itself that what the series is all about is, is learning how to follow Jesus. And as we're talking about following Jesus, connected to all of the steps of what it means to follow Jesus is the idea of what it means to be in church, or what it means to be the church. And so a few weeks ago, we talked about this thing that we're doing right now. This moment that we're in, this experience that we're having as we're in this worship service that we call it, 
just a time where we all get to come together and we're lifting up our voices and we're studying together and it's all kind of directed in our, our worship of God. It's about our vertical relationship. And yet there's a lot of folks that when you talk about church, for them, this is all it means. This is what they're referring to when they're talking about church. It's just this moment that we're in right now. And this is an important moment. This is a significant moment. But it's not all there is to following Jesus. And so we've also talked about the other parts of our time where maybe we're reading through God's word all on our own. Or or where we're spending time in prayer to our God on our own. Or, Or perhaps where... We are um, just involved in some solitude with God on our own. But then last week, we talked about another type of gathering that happens within us being the church. And these gatherings happen in smaller groups than this one. They happen in kind of moments where we're a little more face-to-face than we are right now. And they are communities where we are kind of spending time with each other and actually getting to know each other and it's far more communal and it's far more personal and it's, it's really far more about a horizontal relationship that, that goes this direction with each other and, and in that relationship around here, those communities, we call them life groups. And we have groups that are meeting almost every day of the week and as we started into this new series just a few weeks ago, we also started nine brand new small groups brand new life groups that got going. And with those nine new groups that started and all of the people that made up those new groups, and in addition to that, some other people who started going to some of our existing groups, something pretty amazing has happened. Uh, Just in the last few weeks, we have had 125 people who were never involved in these community groups that we've been talking about and that we talked about last week. We have 125 people who have joined in to our life group ministry around here. And for me, that's pretty exciting, and I think it's something that's worth celebrating. And so I just ask that you would celebrate with me that that's taking place. But even as I talk about life groups, and and even as I talked about the atmosphere of those life groups and the values that get raised in those life groups, sometimes it can feel like the whole life group thing is a little mysterious for you. Because we talk about, hey, you should join a life group. Or this is a life group emphasis and you should be in a life group. And then we're not really sure what a life group is. Or maybe you're in a life group and you kind of wonder if all the other groups are like your group. And so whichever one of those scenarios you're in, we we just don't want it to be a mystery. Now, I I like a good mystery. I like a, a, a good mystery novel that has all kinds of twists and turns that happen in it, and you're kind of trying the whole time to figure out how the whole thing's going to end and how it's going to get wrapped up. And I, I like a good mystery movie that's got twists and turns in it, and you're not really sure how it's going to finish. And I mean, I'm, I'm still trying to figure out Inception. I don't know if that little top ever fell over or not, but I mean, there's just mysteries that are out there. That, I like that. But I don't really love that much mystery in my own life, in real life. See, I don't know if this has happened to you, but have you ever been invited to go to to maybe a work retreat or go to some marriage weekend or or just some other kind of gathering that's taking place and, and 
someone's really excited about you going, but you ask the question, you know, what's it like? And the feedback that you get is, oh, I don't want to ruin it for you. I don't want to give you too much information because I really want you to go in with fresh eyes. I don't love that. Now, the reason that they're doing that is that they want you to walk in without any preconceived notions and not trying to overthink it before you ever get there. But to me, it kind of comes off creepy and scary. And so I don't want creepy and scary attached to our life group ministry. And so I want to spend some time talking about what our, our life groups are all about, and, and whether you're in a group or you're not in a group, as we talk about the fact that our groups raise the value of fellowship and trust and care, how do they do that? And what's involved in all of that? Now, Doug Mitchell leads our life group ministry, and Doug has met with all of our life group leaders, and he's really kind of, kind of taught us what's going to be a part of all of our life groups across the board. And Doug has helped the preacher out by deciding that there were going to be three things that are going to be part of our life group ministry. And I like to talk in threes. On top of that, they all start with S. I mean, it's like a sermon waiting to be told. So the, the three S's, and just so you know, okay, don't sit here and try and guess. We're going to get to them pretty fast, okay? So don't try and think in your head, oh, I, I bet I can figure them out before he gets to them. Just hang with me, okay? Here's the awesome thing, though, about all of these groups. We've got 28 groups that are meeting right now. And in our 28 groups, they all have these components. They all have these same components, but because the groups are made up of different people and the groups meet at different times and the the groups are kind of made up in in different ways, they end up emphasizing different parts at at a higher uh, level or higher volume than, than some of the other parts. So no group looks exactly like another group. And just so that we kind of bring Doug down a little bit, he didn't make this stuff up. What we're talking about that are part of all of our groups are, are things that we see very clearly in the home groups that were coming together all through the New Testament and all of the times that we see them together. For instance, all of our groups um, have a portion of their time together that is uh, some form of study that is a part of their group time. And that study portion is a huge part of what it means to be in a group. And so the the study thing that happens for some groups is the most important thing that they're going to do as a group. And it's going to take up the majority of their time as they meet together. Now, all of our groups right now are involved in this study right here. And so they're asking questions of their groups and discussing things in their groups based on the things that we're talking about on Sunday morning. But when this series is over, there's other groups that will handle this steady thing different. Some, some groups will go through and they'll take a book of the Bible and they're going to go verse by verse and just let's talk about this verse and let's talk about these verses and what do you think about that and what do you think about that? Let's have a discussion and how does that happen in our life? There's other groups that are they're going to spend their study time watching some video teaching during their study time together as a group and then they've got some questions that they're going to ask and discuss what they all just watched together. We've got other groups that kind of find a, a book that Maybe it's about faith or it's about following Jesus and they're going to read through that book together and every week they're going to read a chapter and come together and discuss what they've read. But ultimately, it always leads back to God's word and what God's word says. Because if in a life group, in these communities, the entire study discussion is just about somebody's opinion or is just about the 
how the majority of the group feels, and so that's how we're going to kind of leave this, is this is how we all feel about things, and it never goes back to God's word to, to seek out what God is saying, then I think we're missing the point of coming together in these community of faith, faith to try and learn how to follow Jesus. If the final authority isn't God's word, then maybe we haven't really learned about following him at all. See, the writer of Hebrews said this about God's word and the importance of it. He said, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are all accountable. God's word, the Bible, is not a dead novel that might have some great quotes in it that we can use from time to time. God's word is alive. And God's word is significant, and God's word is meaningful, and God's word speaks, and God's word is alive and active in your life, and it's alive and active in my life right now. Paul told Timothy these words. He said, all scripture is God-breathed. Let that soak in for a second. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And it doesn't take us very long to be reading God's word. And if we take those moments where we open up God's word, maybe on our own, and we read through them, it doesn't take many verses to get through to realize that we don't understand all of it. And that maybe we can't comprehend exactly the, the, the whole story that's being told. But when we gather together in our communities, and we're allowed to ask questions, and we're allowed to to, to have discussion and to share ideas, and then we lead it all back to God's word, then suddenly the study of God's word comes alive. But that's not the only, nor always the, the, the majority of time spent in, in our life groups as they come together. Last week, one of the values that we, we said we raised through these communities that we have that we call life groups is fellowship. And even as I say the word fellowship, if you've been in church for a while, and fellowship just takes you right back to the fellowship meal that happened in the fellowship hall. But we said last week that fellowship is something deeper than that. And fellowship is deeper than, than being at a table with a bunch of people where you're finishing off a casserole. Okay, that's, that's not the end of fellowship. In fact, fellowship is it's just about doing life with each other. Fellowship is as simple as being included in each other's lives and knowing how to help carry each other when things get tough along the way. So let me give that value of fellowship another word. And it's a word that has different meanings attached to a lot of different other parts of our life. And that word is social. All of our life groups have a social component that's part of them. And when I say that, I don't want you to take away from that that life groups are only for extroverts. 
okay? Life groups are only for people who, who really want to have a party when, when they go out to, to somebody's house, okay? That's not what social means in this setting. Social is just saying, look, when you come together with these communities, it's a place where you get to be yourself. And you get to be who you really are. If you read through the New Testament and you read through the book of Acts, there's something different that takes place in that first century church whenever they came together in homes. And the thing that looked different and the thing that was different is that suddenly they started into these casual conversations about things that were going on in their life and how they interconnected with the spiritual truths that they were being taught. You see, as the apostles were teaching the church, it wasn't just about rules and regulations. It was about life and how life could be abundant even now through Jesus Christ. And suddenly in that setting, you have the ability to have a conversation that connects your faith with real life. And most of those people were only familiar with religions that compartmentalized religion and belief in that religion and everything else that was going on in life, and the, the two had nothing to do with each other. That's what was so unique about Jesus. Jesus was very quick to have spiritual conversations when dessert got served. To, to jump into a connection between the truth that he had been teaching earlier in the day and the subject matter of somebody's work life while he was visiting with them at a friend's house. Or when he sat down against a well and started a conversation with a woman. Jesus has just had this way of talking about spiritual things in a completely disarming way. Really, during all of our life groups that I know about, they tend to start with a social element. Which means they tend to start with like a cacophony of sound that happens. And sometimes it's that the whole group is just talking over themselves, but a lot of times it's because there's multiple conversations that are happening in all different parts of the house or all different parts of the room. And it may be that somebody's just locked into some story that they're telling that everybody knows is going to have a funny ending and so we're we're locked in and we're all waiting to laugh together and in the meantime in a different part of the house there's three people that are gathered really talking through some stuff but all of that noise and all of that wall of sound is social and maybe your life group kind of follows the same pattern that ours does that we we have a bit of a social sandwich that happens at our group where we start with this social time and this conversation time and, hey, what's going on in your life? And let's just talk about those things. But then we end our time with a social prayer time. See, in our group, we, we send uh, the men to one part of the house and the women to another part of the house. And we just go around and we ask everybody to share a way that we can be praying for them this week. What's something that's going on that we can pray for? And yeah, we're going to pray for it right now, but the whole point is we want to know what's going on in each other's lives. We want to care what's going on in each other's lives, and we're going to think to pray for each other as this week goes along. 
and then we'll end that time with a time of prayer. And somebody says amen, and the wall of sound starts back up again. But it's social. It's all social. Because those are all times where we are encouraging and all times where we are supporting and all times where we are caring for each other. And what we're really trying to build in these communities of life groups that we're talking about is, is the ability of all of us to get better as followers of Jesus. And part of following Jesus is serving other people. And so in addition to the study and in addition to the social part, all of our life groups, all of our communities seek to serve. And they encourage serving and they challenge serving within their groups. The writer of Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 10 said this about this whole idea of serving. Let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. Notice that we're going to spur one another on. Okay, not, not just me spurring you on to go and serve, but in our communities, face-to-face with one another, we're spurring one another on to serve. It happens in lots of different ways. There are some of our life groups that, that find one, week, or one Sunday uh, a month that they will go and serve in one of our ministries around here on Sunday morning. There's even some of them who have said, okay, you know what, we're going to serve for an entire month in Kidtown, and then we'll take a month off, because that's kind of how Kidtown functions and how it operates, and so it really helps them out. And in that process, here's what takes place, is you find out that there is an added bonus and an added fun factor when you get to serve with the people that you're already in community with, that you already have a relationship with. And so, yes, you're getting to serve, and yes, there's value in that, but it's also that social thing happening all over again. And then we have some groups that find ways that they can serve in our community. And we have groups that find ways that they can give through money and give through their time. We even have some of our life groups that spend all year long kind of saving up for that moment where they're involved in a project where they can serve and they can just make a huge impact on something that's taking place in our community or people who are in need in our community. And then we've got groups who are constantly urging each other individually to go and serve, not just necessarily as but as just people who want to serve because that's who we are as followers of Jesus. Again, a community that is spurring one another on to love and good deeds. So that's three. Three S's, study, social, serve. And Doug added a fourth. See, we could be done with this sermon right now if it weren't for Doug. So we study, and we spend time socially, and we serve, and we see, as in inviting new people to come and see. Come and see what's happening in these communities. Come and see what's happening in these life groups. Sometimes because of space in homes, our our life groups get closed But for the most part, we try and keep our life groups open so that there's always that opportunity to invite somebody to come and see these communities that come to mean so much to us, that mean so much to our life, that mean so much to us following Jesus. Jesus told a parable. It was a parable about a a great banquet. The master of the house had, had prepared an incredible feast 
And the table had been set. Decorations had been hung. And there were people that he was expecting to come to the table, to come to the feast, to come to the banquet. But the people decided they didn't want to come. And so as Jesus was telling the story in the Gospel of Luke, Luke records his words this way. And so his master said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. When you go back into the book of Acts and you read about that first century church, not just in Acts chapter 2, but in the pages that follow, you can see that this group struggled with this idea to start with. It was hard for them to see beyond themselves. I mean, they were taking care of each other, but it was hard for them to see that, that this was maybe meant for people that weren't just like them. For people who weren't part of, you know, the, the, the same nationality, that weren't part of the same ethnic group, that weren't part of the same class of people, that weren't in the exact same stage of life. But if you keep reading in the book of Acts, you see that they got it. And they suddenly started to understand that the good news of Jesus and the influence of Jesus on their lives wasn't meant for just that one group of people. And they began to invite others to come and see what they had discovered. To come and see these communities that were happening in their homes. And that's happening right here at First Christian. In our small group communities that we have throughout the church and throughout the week, we have almost 500 people who are connected to our small group ministry, to our life group ministry. And here's the amazing part. Some of those folks have not been yet to this experience of following Jesus. Because someone said to them, come and see this community that I'm a part of. People went into the country lanes and into the hedges and they just said, come and see my life group. And study together through God's word. Come find a social gathering of people that care what you think and really care about what's going on in your life. And the people came to these gatherings where they, they saw each other spurring one another on to love and good deeds and to service. And it all happened because someone just simply said to them, hey, why don't you come and see this community that matters to me? And suddenly these, these living rooms, these class, classrooms, that were happening and are happening all over our area and all throughout the week are starting to be the church and really starting to follow the urging that comes from the author of Hebrews. See, in the book of Hebrews, there's this, this compulsion that is given. There's this challenge that is given to us. 
Here's what the writer says. He says, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. And where do we learn about that promise? And where do we learn uh, about the affirmation of that promise? We learn that when we study God's word together and we let God's word be the authority in all things. He continues on, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works as we serve. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. The time that we need to be together in those social settings, the time that we need to invite others to just come and see. These are communities. These life groups that have been so important to my life. And they are communities that I think are important to not just going to church. And they take us beyond playing church. And they help us to see how we can be the church. And all of this that we're doing is just us following the lead that's been laid down before us. So, no mystery, no secrecy, no hidden veil, just communities of people that are trying to follow Jesus. And I hope that you're part of one. And if you are, can I challenge you to ask somebody to come and see And if you're not, you should come and see. Because these communities that we call life groups help us to do that follow thing. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for the blessings that you pour out on us. We thank you for your grace and your forgiveness and your mercy, and we should never even come close to stopping our thanks and our gratitude just for that. And yet you know us and you love us so much that you would provide for us, the church, the the, the fellowship of people that share in common a love for you and a desire to follow you. And that you would teach through Jesus, what it means to be in a community with a group of people that you see face to face, a group of people who are allowed to know what's going on in our lives, a group of people that mean the world to us. God, we saw that model from Jesus. We thank you for his teaching in that. We thank you for his sacrifice. We thank you for his forgiveness and his grace. And we thank you that we rally around him. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask that you would stand with me this morning. And maybe you're here today, and as I talk about Jesus, you don't know Jesus as the leader of your life. You don't know Jesus as the one who has forgiven your sin and has poured his grace over you. Today can be the day that you say yes to Jesus. Today can be the day that you are baptized in his name. 
And if that's a decision that you need to make this morning, I want to invite you as we're singing here in just a moment to walk right down these aisles. We have folks who will be here to talk with you and pray with you about that decision. Or maybe you want to be a part of this church and a part of this family that's here as we lean into following Jesus with the best of everything we've got. We'd love to have you with us. And if that's a decision that you have to make, we invite you to walk down during this next song. And we have folks who will be here to talk with you and pray with you. But for the rest of us, this is our time to follow. We get to worship. We get to praise. We get to lift up the name of Jesus. May our voices, may our hearts, may our spirits share our gratitude for him as we worship together. Children in their children, in their children, may his presence go before. 